He directed himself. Tilqa'a, toward, in the direction of, Madiana Madian. Meaning, Musa a.s. He ran away from Egypt. When the man came and told him that they're deciding to kill you, just leave. I am sincere to you. I'm telling you something for your own good. If you want to remain alive, then just go. Because these people are not going to be fair in their trial. So what happened? Musa a.s. left. And when he left, he was in the direction of Madian. But did he know about it? No, he didn't know. Tawajjaha is from waw jimha. Waj is a person's face. And tawajjaha, yatawajjahu tawajjuh, is to direct one's face towards something. To turn one's face in a particular direction. So tawajjaha, meaning he headed, he proceeded, tilqa'a, in the direction of, toward. Tilqa from laqiya, ilqa, to throw, laqiya to meet. And liqa is a meeting. It's basically to come face to face with someone or something. And when you're face to face with someone, you are in its direction. Right? Toward. So, tilqa'a madyan, meaning towards madyan. He was now going in the direction of madyan. What is madyan? Madyan was an ancient city. It is said that the city is named after Midian, who is said to be one of the sons of Ibrahim a.s. Allahu a'lam if he was actually his son or one of the descendants. But it is said that the city was named after Midian. Now, Madian, what is of importance to us over here is how far is it from Egypt? It is a distance of eight days journey by foot. Meaning you would have to walk for eight days to get to Madian from Egypt. And Shu'aib remember he was also sent to the city of Madian, right? But that was at a different time. So, Tilqa'a Madian. He went towards Madian. Qala, he said, Asa Rabbi, perhaps my Lord, ayyahdiyani, that he will guide me, sawa as-sabil, to the right way. Look at this amazing, amazing man. He doesn't know where he's going, what's gonna happen to him, where he's going to end up, if he's going to survive even, but look at the hope that he has in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, my Lord is going to guide me to some way, to some sound way, to some correct way, some place, some destination. And sawa as-sabil, sawa, correct, sound, meaning correct. Alright? Now, Musa a.s. left Egypt without a plan and without any guide. Right? And he was headed towards Madian, but he was not sure that which way exactly he was going in. So he relied upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at this point, hoping that Allah will guide him to the best destination in the most efficient way. So what happened? He kept walking, he kept walking until he reached Madian. وَلَمَّا and when, and imagine just how difficult this journey must have been. Just imagine how difficult this journey must have been. Allah alam if he met anybody, but the constant fear that what if Pharaoh's people are coming behind me? Right? And then being alone, having no supplies, having no companionship, nothing, no one with him. Just imagine how difficult this journey must have been. And you know the Prophet ﷺ when he made hijrah from Makkah to Medina, that was also somewhat around a week, a week's journey. 
So walamma warada, then when he arrived at Ma Madian, the water of Madian. Meaning he's walking, 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 and he ends up where? He finds a watering place, and this happens to be the watering place of the city of Madian. Warada, from the root waradal, from the word wurud. And wurud is to arrive at water, to arrive at a watering place. So the ma of Madian. What is this water of Madian? Meaning the place where the people of Madian, the inhabitants of Madian came to fetch water, and they also came to water their animals. Okay? Perhaps it was a well. So when he arrived there, wajada alayhi. He found at it. Meaning he found over there at that watering place, ummatan minan nas. A group of people. Ummah. What does ummah mean? A group of people, a large number of people. So he found over there a group of people. And what were these people doing? Yasquna. They were watering. Meaning they were giving water. To who? To their flock, to their animals. So he found a large number of people over there, meaning a huge crowd with their animals and they were watering their animals. Okay? So, very normal. But then he also found over there, وَوَجَدَ And he found مِن دُونِهِمْ مِن from دُونِهِمْ beside them. Meaning he found a way from this crowd who imra'ataini, two women. And these two women, what were they doing? First of all, they were separate from the group. And secondly, they were tadudani. Tadudani, they were driving back. They were driving back what? Their flocks, their animals. Tadudani is from, you see the ani at the end? This is for? Tathniya, duo, two. So these two were holding back. Okay? From tadudu, dada yazudu, dawd. Dawd is to restrain, to not let something draw close to another, to keep back. So they were keeping their herd back, they were keeping their flock back, meaning they were not letting their animals go and drink. Why? Because if the animals would go and drink, of course, they would have to go along with their animals, because then their sheep would get mixed up with the sheep of others. You understand? They would lose their flock. So this was very strange. Why were these two women not letting their animals drink water? Musa he couldn't just sit there and watch. Qala, he said, Ma khatubukuma. What is your condition? What is your circumstance? What is your situation? Khatub. We have done this word earlier also. Alright? What is your situation? Meaning how come you're not letting your animals Drink. How come you're not taking them to the water source? And besides, what are you doing here anyway? You understand? Because I don't know if you've ever seen a village, but a place like this, super, super busy. It's not a place where women can go easily in the sense that they're not going to get much far because you have to be very physically strong in order to first control your flock, your herd, and then push and shove your way in through the crowd, and then take your animals in the middle of the crowd, through the crowd, to the watering source. It's not a place where women go generally. It's not something that they can handle generally. So he said, مَا خَطْبُكُمَا What is your condition? Why are you keeping your animals away? قَالَتَا They both said, لَا نَسْقِي We do not water. نَسْقِي 
Seen qafia, same root as the word yasqoon. Yasqoon, they water. Nasqi, we water. Meaning we do not let our animals drink. Hatta until yusdira ri'a. Yusdira. Asdara yusdiru. Masdar. Right? Isdar. And from isdar is the word masdar. Okay? Sadal ra. Sadara, remember, sadara is the opposite of warada. What does warada mean? I just told you. What does warada mean? Arrive. To arrive. Arrive where? At a watering place. So what do you think sadara means? Sadara, to depart from the watering place. Alright? So warada, a person came with his animals to water his animals. For instance, Sadara, he's watered his animals and now he's going back. He's going away. Alright? He's departing from there. So they said, we wait for the ri'a to go. Who are the ri'a? Ri'a is the plural of ra'in. Who is ra'in? Ra'i. Shepherd. Right? Herdsman. So we wait for these men okay, to take their animals when they're done. When they leave, when they depart, when they go away, then we take our flock. Wa abuna and our father is Shaykhun Kabir, an old man. Meaning, we have to come and do this work because we are the only children of our father and our father is an old man and he cannot bring the flock himself and he cannot water the flock himself. So this is why we have to come and do this. What do we see over here? Anything you notice about Musa a.s.? Hmm? His concern? Concern for who? For others. Just think about it. He had just you know, sat somewhere, arrived somewhere after a very long and difficult and frightening journey, exhausting journey. But he is getting up in order to help somebody else. Then we see that he himself was in a lot of difficulty. He didn't know where he was going to sleep that night. If he was going to stay in Madian or if he had to keep walking somewhere else. You understand? He himself was in a lot of difficulty. But despite his condition, he is concerned about the condition of others. He hasn't forgotten the pain of others in his own pain. What is it that we generally do? When we are in pain, we forget about the pain of others. Whereas Musa salam, he is in a lot of difficulty, in a lot of trouble, and he is concerned about the trouble that others are in. This is prophetic character. We see that even the Prophet ﷺ in his final illness, when he had extremely high fever, he had a lot of aches and pains in his body, he was barely conscious, and in that time, what is he doing? Advising people to be careful about the rights of the slaves, the rights of women, and so on and so forth. He's concerned about others, even though he himself is in a lot of pain. Another thing we see about Musa salam is that he's paying attention to his surroundings. Right? He is observing the people that are in that place. He notices them. He gives regard to those who are around him. He takes interest in them. Even if they happen to be complete, total strangers. Generally, who is it that we take interest in? Who? People that we? No. 
And if it's a stranger, what do we do? We don't even look. Or if we look, we just look and we pass on. Musa salam, he notices that there's something awkward here, something wrong here, something not right here. Why are these two women holding their flock back? It's not right. If they keep waiting, what's gonna happen? The water's gonna finish. Right? Or it might be too late. Or they might lose their animals because how long can you keep sheep away you know, from a water source, especially when they're thirsty? So Musa salam he notices. Now, we see over here that firstly Musa salam understood that this was not the ideal work or place for women. And on top of that, you know, he sees that they're not letting their animals go. So there's something not right. Then we see that Musa salam doesn't just make this observation. He also investigates. He finds out. He goes to the women and he asks them. He doesn't assume anything. He goes to them and asks them, مَا خَطْبُكُمَا Because generally, either we don't notice, or if we do notice, then we're like, oh, too bad. Or we're like, oh, I hope, I hope, you know, they will be fine. I hope somebody will come and help them. Right? But Musa doesn't wait for something else to work out. He doesn't make any assumption he goes and he finds out what the problem is so that if his services are needed, if his help is needed, he can actually be of use over here, be of benefit over here. Let me give you a small example. If you're in your own house, okay, your own house, and you see that the door is open and the flies are coming in, okay, especially these days, flies are coming in, going out, bugs are coming in, the door is open, it's left open. Would you find out why the door is open? Or would you be like, oh, somebody must have opened it. Hmm. You go from your bedroom to the kitchen and you grab something and you go back to your room. And then when you go back to your room, you find out the house is full of flies in the kitchen, so many bugs. And your mother is upset that how come nobody noticed the door open? You're like, oh, I saw the door open, but I thought somebody must have opened it. Well, you should have found out because this is not something normal to have a door completely open. You understand? It's not safe. But generally we don't pay attention to these things, or if we do pay attention, we don't do anything to solve the problem. Because we're too busy in ourselves. We are overly concerned about our own selves. This is not prophetic character. The prophets were concerned for humanity. They were concerned for the well-being, for the welfare of others, more than they were concerned about themselves. And we see over here another thing about Musa salam, About how he approaches the women and how he asks them. Is he shy to notice their need? Is he shy to go to them and ask them about what the situation is? No. He's not shy. And they're not silent in their response either. We see a level of maturity in this interaction. Right? And this is something that we need to develop also. That either we go to the extreme of not mahram, haram, haram, haram. Mahram, from haram. You know, don't look, don't see, don't talk, don't show any concern, nothing. Or we have the other extreme of, hi brother, what's going on? Everything's good. You know, talking about things which are completely unrelated. Right? As if being flirtatious. So, these extremes. What do we see in this interaction? So normal. He doesn't go and ask them, what you're doing over here? What brought you here? He just said, ما خطبكما? What's the matter? Right? And they didn't shy away, oh, non-mahram man, and go away. And No. 
Nothing, very normally our father is an old man and we just wait for the gentleman to leave and then we go and do our work. Then we also see the character of women. These two women over here, that these women are working in the field of men, basically. Right? They're doing something that mainly men do. And can a woman do that? Yes, she can. Right? If there is a need, there is a necessity. And not just that, I mean, it's, if it's a woman's strength, why not? She's working in the field of men. But she's doing it without mixing with men. Without mixing with men. Because you see over here, the women don't just say, oh, shepherds, they're strong? Well, you know what? We are also shepherd women. Or whatever the female version of that is. Right? And I'm not scared. I'm strong. So I'm going to go right into them. I'm going to go right into the crowd. No, they don't do that. They preserve themselves and they maintain a level of self-respect and they demand respect from others by keeping this distance. Because remember, the moment you become too cool with somebody, they will also become too cool with you. Right? You have to set the limits. You have to set the bounds. Alright? So we see these women, they're working in the field of men without mixing with the men. And yes, it may come with its problems that if they're waiting for the shepherds to leave, it might be too late, the water may be almost finished. But losing one's haya has much greater problems. Then we also see over here that haya, shyness, is not just in one's attire, it's not just in one's clothing, but it is basically in one's manner. You know, Umar Abdullah he said about these women that they were not like Wallaja Kharaja. Okay? Kharaja, it's basically describing goats. Okay? I don't know if you've seen goats, but when they're in a crowd, they go from here to there and here to there. Okay? They don't stand still, first of all. Okay? So Kharaja, one who goes out again and again, and going out everywhere. And Wallaja, getting into everything and every crowd, in the middle of the crowd. No, they're keeping themselves away from the crowd. They're not going in the middle of the crowd. Alright? Because when you go in the middle of the crowd, what's gonna happen? Are you gonna bump into somebody? Is somebody else gonna bump into you? For sure. Doesn't it happen? Doesn't it happen? It happens, right? So if you want to protect yourself, what do you do? What should you do? Keep yourself away. Keep a distance. And keeping a distance doesn't mean always sit at the back of the class, alright? Or always sit on the side. No, it means you maintain a certain physical distance from the people that are around you. Of course, if there are men, non-mahram men. So keeping a distance, alright? And sometimes that means you go early and find the best spot. And sometimes that means that you find a good spot, but if somebody comes and sits right next to you, then you show that you're not 100% comfortable by moving a little bit away. But we have to do that if we want to preserve our honor. So what happened over here? Fasaqa. So Musa alayhi salam, he watered. He gave water. To who? To the flocks. Lahuma for them too. For who? For the two women. This is manliness. Hmm? That first of all, seeing that someone is in need, and then not just seeing their need, but doing something about it. He didn't just go there and chit-chat with the girls and just hung out with them. No, he went, he asked them what the problem was, and he did something about it. فَسَقَالَهُمَا 
ثُمَّ then تَوَلَّى إِلَى الظِّلِّ He went back to the shade. He returned to the shade. Meaning, he went back and sat under some tree or something because he was done his task, right? There was no need for further interaction. There was no need to follow the girls or to stand with them or to talk to them more. No, he just watered their animals, returned their animals and he went his way and they went their way. And when he went and sat, he made dua to Allah. فَقَالَ So he said, Rabbi, O oh my Lord, inni, indeed I, lima, for that which, whatever that is, anzalta, you send down ilayya to me, min khayrin of any good. I am fakir. I'm poor. I'm needy. I'm desperately in need of anything good that you can send my way. Amazing dua. What is he saying over here? That, oh my Lord, I am faqir. Inni faqir. I am needy. You know, sometimes we are needy. But we are so arrogant about it that we don't even want to admit our neediness. Musa salam is admitting his faqr, his poverty before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I am faqir, oh Allah. Faqir for what? Lima anzalta ilayya min khair. Anything good that you can send my way. Anything. Meaning whether it is qaleel or it is kathir. Whether it is a little bit or it is a lot. Meaning I am so poor, I could take anything. I could take anything you could send my way. What do we see over here? First of all about Musa a.s. we see that when he watered the animals for the girls, he does not demand a compensation from them. He doesn't say, okay, this one sheep is mine. You understand? He doesn't demand a wage or any compensation for the favor that he showed them. He doesn't ask them for their number or their contact information. Nothing like that. He did a favor. He did it lillah, fillah, and finished. He didn't expect anything from these girls. And this is true hasana. In a true good deed. When it is done for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To who? To a total stranger. From whom you cannot expect anything in return. And you don't even demand anything in return. But he did do something nice, right? And then he expects from who? From Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you know, when a person is alone, such that no one can help him, no one at all, and at that time when he calls upon Allah, you know, this really brings a delight that is unmatched. And we see over here the humility of Musa a.s. He's saying, I am faqeer. He is expressing his absolute and total dependency on Allah Azza wa Jal. And remember that the more we do that, the more chances there are of our du'as being accepted. We have to show humility before Allah. Show Him. Oh Allah, you know for example, if you want to learn how to recite the Qur'an, just in your du'a say, Oh Allah, I don't even know how to recite ha, how to say how properly. Allah, teach me. You know, show your neediness. Express your humility. And the more humility you show to Allah, the more chances there are that Allah will give you. Express your needs. Show your needs to Allah. And we must realize our neediness before Allah. The fact that only He can give. We have to understand our poverty and His richness. We have to understand our neediness and His generosity. And we see that Musa a.s. he says, Lima anzalta, anything good that you can send, I will accept it. I will take it because I am needy for it. So what happened? Fajaatu. 
So she came to him. Who? Ihdahuma, one of the two girls. After a while, as he's sitting there, one of the two girls, she comes to him, tamshi, she's walking from mashyun, she's walking ala istihya, with extreme shyness. Istihya. Istihya is from hayaya, and istihya is to have haya, shiddatul haya, observing great modesty. So one of the girls, one of the ladies, she comes to Musa salam, and how does she walk? Modestly. So her walk, her manner, her speech, her disposition, in everything there was modesty. Not vulgarity. She came modestly. Not in a vulgar way. Now remember that shyness does not mean being afraid. Okay? You get the picture? Because we think shyness means you know, looking down and not even looking up and kind of bringing in your shoulders and, and afraid to even speak. Shyness is not being afraid. Shyness is not lacking confidence. Okay? Haya. What is haya? Composure. What is haya? It is dignity. It is gracefulness. It is balance. So she came walking with extreme haya. Umar anhu said that she came walking with haya, putting her garment over her face. Meaning that she didn't come with you know her zina exposed. No, she came because she was going to talk to him. It was going to be one-on-one interaction. Before, how was it? In a huge crowd, in a huge ummah min nas right? But here she was going to talk to him one-on-one. So she concealed herself, covered herself as much as possible. Because after all, who was he? A non-mahram man. Even though he was a really nice man, but still who was he? A total stranger. Right? And because of that reason, she observed complete modesty in front of him. Now remember that haya is from iman. And the prophets of Allah, they were the most shy. And this lady was also very shy. The Prophet ﷺ said, Verily from what was learned by the people from the speech of the earliest prophecy is, if you feel no shame, then do as you wish. Meaning, the most ancient prophetic wisdom is what? This statement, that إِذَا لَمْ تَسْتَحِي فَاصْنَعْ مَا شِئْتَ When you do not have shyness, then you do whatever you want. Meaning, then there is no limits. And the Prophet ﷺ was a very shy person. This is how the Sahaba described him. So now when she comes to him, what does she say? Qalat, she said, Inna Abi, indeed my father, yad'uka, he's calling you, liyajziyaka, so that he can pay you, he can give you jaza, he can give you a wage. Ajra, the reward, meaning wage, for what? Ma that which saqayta lana, you watered for us. Meaning you watered our flock for us today? Our father would like to pay you for that. What does this show? You see, Musa never demanded a wage, did he? But who was he dealing with? A very dignified people who did not take favors or help for free. This is also prophetic character. Alright? That this father of these two women, when he learned that his daughters were helped by a man, a stranger, who didn't even harass them, who didn't even take anything back, he wanted to show thanks to him. He wanted to pay him. He didn't want to take this favor for free. Because after all, he was a father of two girls. Alright? And today this man is showing favor, tomorrow he might demand something. You understand? It might happen. 
Not that Musa made any indication of that, nothing at all. But it shows the dignity of the father, that he didn't want to take a favor just like that. So he wanted to pay him. And we see that the Prophet ﷺ was also like that. He wouldn't like to take things just for free. You know, a gift is one thing, but a favor is another. Like for example, we learned that once the Prophet ﷺ asked Jabir anhu. Jabir at that time was very young, he was a teenager. And he asked him that I want to buy your camel. How much can I buy this for? And Jabir anhu said, Ya Rasulullah, take it for free. Alright, take it for free. And the Prophet ﷺ said, no, not for free. I want to buy it. Alright, because if it was a gift, Jabir would have given it without even the Prophet ﷺ asking. The fact that the Prophet ﷺ is asking, he doesn't want Jabir to feel that he's being pressurized into it, right? And besides, the Prophet ﷺ had a different plan anyway. So he asked him how much for, and Jabir said whatever, and the Prophet ﷺ said, okay, one dirham. And Jabir ﷺ said, no, no, not one. It's got to be more than that. He said, okay, two. No, no, no. Okay, three. The price kept increasing until it reached 40. So that was agreed upon. And the reason why the Prophet ﷺ did that was because he wanted to buy the camel off of him so that Jabir would make money. And he was also training Jabir that this is how you make money. Alright? Bargaining. He's teaching him bargaining. Because Jabir's father had died in the battle of Uhud. And Jabir had a lot of sisters to look after. Alright? So anyway... The Prophet ﷺ did not take it for free. And over here also we see that this man, he did not take this help for free. What do we see over here? Musa ﷺ is being called by someone in order to be paid. Didn't he just make dua that, Oh Allah, anything good you send my way, I am needy of that? He just made that dua. And immediately his dua is accepted. He's being called by someone, Come, I want to pay you. I want to give you something. Because you helped me today. Why is it that Musa salam's dua is accepted so quickly? So quickly. Okay, he made the dua right after doing a good deed. Very good. Why else? Okay, he had complete trust and faith in Allah. Why else? Yes? Yes, he helped others. And he helped them for the sake of Allah. So what do we learn? When a person helps others, then who helps him? Allah helps him. The Prophet ﷺ said that of the best deeds is to put a smile on the face of a believer, to pay off his debt, to fulfill some need of his, or remove some hardship from him. These are of the best deeds. In another hadith we learn that the Prophet ﷺ said, whoever removes a worldly grief from a believer, Allah will remove from him one of the griefs of the day of resurrection. And whoever alleviates the need of a needy person, Allah will alleviate his needs in this world and the hereafter. Meaning when a person helps another here, then Allah will help him here and in the next life. And Allah will aid his servant as long as his servant aids his brother. So Musa helped someone, and what did he receive immediately? The help of Allah Azza wa Jal. So what happened? فَلَمَّا جَاءَهُ Then when he came to him, Musa came to the father of the two girls, وَقَصَّ And he narrated, عَلَيْهِ on him القصص, The narration meaning the whole story, قَالَ The man said, لَا تَخَفْ Do not have any fear. Why? Because نَجَوْتَ You have been saved مِنَ الْقَوْمِ الظَّالِمِينَ From the wrongdoing people. Musa came and told him his whole story, especially about the accidental murder and Firaun, 
And the man said, don't worry, you're safe here. So what is he doing? He is comforting him. He's calming him down. Because when a person is worried, what does he need? Comfort. What do we do? If a person is worried, we say, go play. No, no, talk to them. Comfort them. They need support. So he's giving them support. And the best form of support is kind words. قَالَتْ إِحْدَاهُمَا One of the two girls, she said, يَا أَبَتِ O my father, إِسْتَأْجِرْهُ Hire him. إِسْتَأْجِرْهُ from Hamza Jimra. And istijar is to hire someone for a wage. Okay? Hire someone and give them a, a wage in return. Engage on pay. He said, oh my father, hire him. Because inna indeed khayra best man istajarta. The person that you can hire is al-qawiyul amin, the strong and the trustworthy. The best person that you can hire is who? Someone who is strong and someone who is trustworthy. Look at the woman, she's so clever, intelligent, right? That this man, he's got nowhere to go. And he's a good man, he's shown us his strength, he's shown us his trustworthiness. So hire him. That's the best thing you can do, father. And she says that the best one that you need is qawi and ameen. Why you need? Because he himself was an old man. He couldn't do the work himself. He couldn't look after his flock himself. And he needed someone who would be ameen, who wouldn't cheat him. Neither with respect to his property, nor with respect to his family. So what do we see over here? Musa alayhi salam, now he's going to be offered a job. Okay? And with the offer of the job, he's also going to get the offer of marriage. What do we see? A gesture, one gesture of what? Showing concern, looking after Allah's creation. Looking after Allah's servants. That even though I myself am needy, at least I can do this little bit. I should do whatever little that I can. And when a person does the little that he can, then what will happen? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open ways for him. Allah will help him. Allah will create ease for him. And this is one of the best ways of coming out of sadness and grief. Showing mercy to others. Because the Prophet ﷺ said that show mercy to others and the one in the sky, he will show mercy to you. Irhamu man fil ard. Right? And the one Fissama, he's going to show mercy to you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability to really look beyond ourselves in life. That we're not the only ones suffering. We're not the only ones hurting. We're not the only ones hungry. We're not the only ones tired. We're not the only ones sleepy. There are others also. And when I reach out to help others, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help me. Let's listen to the recitation. وَلَمَّا تَوَجَّهَتِ الْقَاءَ مَدْيَنَ قَالَ عَسَى رَبِّي أَن يَهْدِيَنِي سَوَاءَ السَّبِيلِ وَلَمَّا وَرَدَ مَاءَ مَدْيَنَ وَجَدَ عَلَيْهِ أُمَّةً مِنَ قال ما خطبكما 